Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Ryan Schreckengast. I'm one of the preachers here at GFC. I want to ask this morning if you have ever been in circumstances where you may have wondered if it might just be better to give up. To give up on this whole Christian thing. Maybe even to go so far as to try and resign from your relationship with God. Maybe you see all of the storms of pain in the world around you. And you wonder if you could follow a God who at best lets this happen. And at worst maybe is even responsible. Maybe you see how the theology of the Bible contradicts our cultural doctrine and you wonder if maybe it might be better to just find your own truth instead. Maybe your own personal experience of pain or loss is so acute that you wonder if it might be better to just turn away from what God expects and focus in fully on yourself. And maybe if you're here this morning and you haven't ever wondered these things, I guarantee you that you know many, many people who do wonder these things. The deconstructionists, the post-Christians, those who have seen God show his judgment where they feel that he should show mercy. Or sometimes worse, they've seen God show mercy where they feel he should show judgment. In these, in these cases, friends, you or I or those around us may simply want to resign from our relationship with God. We think that it might just be better to run from Him. But this morning, we're starting our study of the book of Jonah, which begins on page 726, if you have one of the Bibles from the church lobby. And as this tragic story unfolds, we will see that you can run from God, but you cannot resign from relationship with him. You can run from God, but you cannot resign from relationship with him. Look with me at Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it 
to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. In these verses, Jonah resigns his commission from God. To understand what a tragedy this is, we have to very briefly look at exactly what an intimate relationship that the office of prophet that Jonah held here was. While this office of prophet can often include some expression of the future that God has revealed to the prophet, that is not the primary role of a prophet. The primary job of a prophet was simply someone who speaks the words of someone else that they represent. A good example of this is found in Exodus chapter 7 verses 1 through 3. There God tells Moses that in the same way that Moses speaks on behalf of God, Aaron will be appointed to speak on behalf of Moses. So God speaks to to Moses and Moses speaks to Aaron and Aaron is as a prophet to Pharaoh. So here in Jonah chapter 1 verses 1 and 2, we see that God has commissioned Jonah first and foremost to speak his words. That is a truly intimate relationship. And one that God must appoint directly. This is not an elected office. This is not just a one-off request of God. Throughout this book, everywhere that we see the capitalized word Lord, that refers to the personal name of God, Yahweh. And so to be appointed as a prophet of Yahweh means to speak his words, an appointment, a calling. Friends, this is a commission from God. But the catch is that God's words, in this case, are going not to the people of Israel, but to the people of Nineveh. That was the capital city of the Assyrian Empire. So we'll learn in Jonah chapter 4 exactly why Jonah has a really, really big problem with speaking God's words to Nineveh. The audience that God intends for his words to be spoken to is a major problem for Jonah. But for now, in chapter 1, the author simply tells us that Jonah arose, so far so good, as God said, but when he went out from the presence of the Lord in verse 3, He did so not acting anymore 
as God's prophet. He effectively tries to resign his commission as the prophet of God. And so he leaves not to speak God's words, but to flee in utter silence. As far from those who God wants to hear his words as he possibly can go. So for some context, let's look at a map here. These are the geographical distances that we're talking about. Yes. Oh, it's in the back. You can see it on the back. Uh, our, our projector this morning is, is giving us some, some grief. Um, but this is the, the map of the Mediterranean Sea overlaid from North America. All right. So you can see there Jaffa, which is in South Carolina. Uh, and if you were to go to Nineveh, that's up north there, about 500 miles up to Nineveh. But instead, Jonah gets on a boat and flees to Tarshish, which you see there is at the far extreme of California. Tarshish was the farthest known city in the ancient world. It's approximately 2,500 miles away from Judah. And so verse 3 reiterates again that Jonah is operating here not as a prophet should. He's not pressing into the presence of God. But he's running away from that presence as far as he possibly can. And I think it's worth noting that as he does this, Jonah does so in complete silence. In his mind and his heart, Jonah has resigned. And if a chosen prophet of God, who has such an intimate relationship with God, can reach a place where he wants to resign, then for the people of God reading this text as the original audience, that chosen people are likewise not immune from desiring to run as far away from the word of God as they can. And so it is likewise not a surprise for us this morning that many today feel like it would be better to resign from their relationship with God than to hear and speak his words. But friends, Jonah will learn dramatically that you can run from God, but you cannot resign from relationship with him. So how will God respond when the man that he specifically appointed to speak on his behalf goes silent? Let's look together at verses 4 through 6. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, 
And there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, what do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. (coughs) Look at how Yahweh rejects Jonah's resignation. Resigning from relationship with God is not that easy. Even if you are willing to go to the ends of the earth, God is God. And his word will not be silenced and his power will not be limited, friends. So in verse 4, Yahweh the Lord sends a great storm upon the sea. And we see that though Jonah can run from God, he cannot resign from his relationship with him. And now, not only Jonah, but the entire ship's crew have come face to face with the unstoppable power of God. And the mariners rightly recognize that they are at the mercy of a power that they cannot resist. But they do everything frantically. They try whatever they can think of to find salvation. From throwing over all of their cargo which couldn't have been cheap if they're making the trip from Joppa to um, the ends of the earth. (laughs) They, They cannot resist. They throw the cargo over. They pray to every God they can think of. Everyone does everything they can to find salvation, except for Jonah. Because in verse 5, we see, That Jonah has gone to sleep. Jonah, who knows the saving power of Yahweh, is asleep. Jonah, who knows the authority of creator God himself, is asleep and he is silent. And I find the name that the captain gives Jonah in verse 6 so perfect here. He says, what do you mean, you sleeper? Arise and call out to your God. Friends, who is behaving more like a prophet now? This Gentile captain... Gives Jonah in verse 6 
a literal wake-up call. Jonah, do what your God has called you to do. Wake up. And so though Jonah here is silent, friends, God is not silent. Through the storm and through the captain, God says, wake up, Jonah. What do you mean you want to resign? Jonah, your resignation is not accepted. And so all that Jonah has accomplished in his attempt at resignation is to increase the consequences of his disobedience and to bring these other mariners into conflict with God. How this applies to us today, friends. What do the attempts today to resign from relationship with God accomplish? Does following your own truth really bring freedom? Or does it simply create more conflict between our selfish desires and the selfish desires of everyone else and a holy God? Does abandoning God in the midst of overwhelming suffering or pain actually bring any comfort to you? Or do we simply spiral deeper and deeper into our pain and our brokenness? Friends, what hope do those who have left the church really find other than a desire to pull as many along with them as possible to justify their own feelings of hurt and injustice? Friends, does any of that accomplish what it claims to desire? Does any of that actually separate us from the relationship and the power of God? No, friends. God is still God. He is the maker of the universe and he is the only source of hope for our salvation. And that power is both tremendously scary and a tremendously comforting thing because it means that God is always in control. God is always in control. And so running from him only serves to showcase his power more dramatically. You can run from God. 
But you cannot resign from relationship with your creator. And so this morning, I hope that we recognize the power of Yahweh God. And like these mariners in the story of Jonah, we recognize that willing or not, Jew or Gentile, believer or unbeliever, we are all at the mercy of God. And so if you do recognize this reality, then I pray that you do not run from God, but you run toward the only one who can deliver your salvation. So Jonah attempted to resign from his relationship with God as his prophet. But God rejected Jonah's resignation by sending a terrible storm as a literal wake-up call that you can run from God, but you cannot resign from relationship. Surely, Jonah will now recognize that reality. Surely he will recognize the cost of his rebellion, not only on himself, but on all of those who are around him. Surely now Jonah will repent and embrace his relationship with Yahweh and begin to speak God's words. Surely now Jonah will wake up. Unfortunately, no. He will not. Read verses 7 through 16. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not. 
for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Shockingly, even now, Jonah won't rouse from his sleep. Jonah is so committed to his resignation that he would literally rather drown than speak God's words to the Ninevites. We see in verse 7 that God is still speaking, though Jonah is not. And so Jonah becomes identified as being responsible for all of this destruction and loss. And so in verse 8, the sailors ask Jonah questions. Essentially, who are you? Where did you come from? And what is your job? And do you notice how in verse 9, Jonah answers all of these questions, except for what is your profession? Why does Jonah leave that one out? Here Jonah reveals something extremely important, friends. He reveals that he knew he couldn't escape from the hand of God. He says right there in verse 9, I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Jonah knew that fleeing to Tarshish wouldn't actually hide him from God. And it wouldn't separate him from the consequences of his actions. He even acknowledges to the sailors that Yahweh is the ruler of heaven, earth, land, and sea. But Jonah would not say that God was a ruler over him. And this is the first time that Jonah actually speaks in the book of Jonah. He is still stubbornly silent on the one thing that he should say. I am a prophet of God. Anything but being a prophet for the God who wants to speak to Assyria. And so in verse 12, Jonah doubles down and he reveals how far his heart already is from God. Pick me up and hurl me 
into the sea. Then the sea will be quiet for you. Jonah chooses his own death over accepting God's calling and speaking on behalf of God to the people of Assyria. Friends, Jonah doesn't say, what should be done to me? We should turn around. He doesn't say, take me back to Joppa and from there I'm going to go to Nineveh. He doesn't say, let me pray for forgiveness for my rebellion and for our salvation. Even now, Jonah refuses to rouse from his spiritual sleep. And in doing so, he forces the sailors to take his life rather than obey God. I can't overexpress how crazy that is. Jonah forces these men to bear the responsibility of his murder rather than obey God. And so they rightly fear the wrath of God for shedding innocent blood of someone who is of God's people. But look at the salvation that God accomplishes here in spite of Jonah. Not only does the sea stop raging in verse 15, but in verse 16, the men feared Yahweh exceedingly and they offered sacrifice to him and they made vows. Friends, even though Jonah would rather die than fulfill his role to speak the words of Yahweh, these men still come to know the power of the one true God anyway. And they draw closer to him. You can run from God. But you cannot resign from relationship. How does this apply this morning? Even if you are willing to resist God to the point of death, his words will not be stopped. God will preach through every one of us. And the only question is, if you will draw closer to him through it, or if you will remain stubbornly asleep, and he will draw others closer through you. Even now, in the midst of the mess that we are making of our world, friends, God is still speaking. Almighty God is making himself known and he is calling the lost into closer relationship with him. And as dark as it may seem, as terrible as the storms may rage, 
though the ship threatens to break apart, every opponent of Christianity, every hardline skeptic, every disillusioned deconstructionist is a part of God's plan to reveal his salvation. And so too is every one of you who endures, who cries out to Yahweh, who makes vows and who repents. The difference is who experiences the mercy and the salvation of God and who stubbornly sleeps and experiences only death. And it would seem that Jonah gets his death wish here. He would rather die than speak God's words. And so he's thrown overboard in the midst of the sea. And that is where the story of Jonah would end. With the victory of death over God. If our God were less than he actually is. Because God is not only the God of the land and the sea and the heaven and the earth. But our God, friends, is the God over death and life itself. And so, though Jonah would rather die in his rebellion than speak the words of God, God has more to say. And so God rejected his resignation. And we will see that even then, God refuses to let Jonah die. Read verse 17. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Yahweh refuses Jonah's ultimatum. (laughs) God says, no! No, Jonah, you can't resign. No, Jonah, you can't stay asleep. And no, Jonah, you can't even die apart from God's will. This is the God that Jonah is trying to resign from. This is the power of God. And if God could even use a prophet like Jonah. Can you begin to imagine the salvation that God could accomplish? Not with a broken prophet, but with his own son. Friends, the broken relationship between Jonah and God is the exact opposite of the relationship 
between God and Jesus Christ. Where Jonah refused to speak the words of God, Jesus speaks only the words of God. Only what the Father gave him to say. Where Jonah was willing to die in order to flee from God's will. Friends, Jesus Christ was willing to die to follow God's will. In Luke 22, verses 41 through 43 and verse 44, Jesus knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. Friends, Jesus perfectly did the will of the Father. And where Jonah found these Assyrian enemies of God so repugnant that it broke his relationship with Yahweh. Jesus Christ came to this earth specifically to bring the mercy of God to his enemies. Romans 5.8 But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Friends, Jesus provides the perfect salvation. And this, friends, is how you run towards a relationship with the God of heaven and earth, land and sea, the one with authority over life and death. By running to Jesus Christ. And so that is my final application for you this morning from the book of Jonah chapter 1. Run toward Jesus. No matter where your relationship with God is right now. If it's worse than it ever has been before if it's better than it ever has been before, friends, run toward Jesus just as he ran towards you. This morning, hear the call of your creator. Recognize the unstoppable power of God. And the desperate need that you have to not resign from relationship with him. But to enter into relationship with him. That is why Jesus came.
Jesus, who likewise spent three days in the belly, not of a fish, but of the earth in a tomb. And who was raised again by the power of God. So this morning, do not let your heart or your mind be hardened in whatever circumstances you're in. Believe the word of God. Maybe for the first time, recognize the hope and the salvation that is offered by God through his son, Jesus Christ. And if you do run toward Jesus, then that, friends, is proof that the Holy Spirit of Yahweh is still speaking through Jonah, a broken prophet. This morning, as we read this book of Jonah, and over the coming weeks as we dig deeper into it, God will speak. And although Jonah's story here in Jonah chapter 1 isn't finished, this morning we hear the words of God through the prophet Jonah. And hopefully we come into a deeper relationship with Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you made a way for us to be in relationship with you. Not as enemies, not as broken objects of your wrath, but as fellow sons of the kingdom of heaven through your son, Jesus Christ. So God, we thank you for your words. Thank you that you have not stopped speaking, that you have given us this book of Jonah to teach us about you. Lord, we praise your name. We give you glory. We make sacrifice and vow before you, Father God. Thank you for Jesus. Amen.